Fest in 2022. What's going on, guys? First of all, I just got to give a shout out to my guy, Levi Lesko. Did he just freaking kill it or what? I mean, I know he's from Montana, but do you really have to wear a Yellowstone jacket out here, Levi? No, it was, when I got up this morning, I was so excited for passion. So I had to go downstairs in the hotel that all of us are staying at and try to go get a workout to work out some of the energy. And I see Christine Kane in there on the elliptical, just crushing it for over an hour. I see Mrs. Platt on the treadmill, just sprinting. And then Levi comes in and he has his tennis rackets and he's like, I just got done playing tennis. And I was like, oh, awesome. Are you going to get a workout? And he was like, uh, no, I'm going to the sauna. I was like, dude, John Dutton would be so embarrassed right now, okay? Like, Levi, you can't not lift when you wear that jacket, okay, man? Levi, I love you anyways. And by the way, Levi's the best gift giver you have ever met. He is incredible. But who I really want to thank right now is I want to thank Louie and Shelly Giglio. Because they didn't listen to man's no's, they listened to God's yes. And that is really, really hard to do. When you hear no, 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 but you know God's saying yes, 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 to do it anyways. And Louis, I'm so grateful that you're a mentor, you're a pastor to me, but you're also someone that I know is always listening to what God is saying more than what man is saying. And that's why I'm so excited to be here tonight, because I know God's going to do something special in the next couple of days. Louis, we're so grateful for you and the impact that this is going to have on so many places around the world. And I'm also so grateful that passion, it's, this conference isn't about passion church. It's about teaching people to have passion for Jesus. This isn't about your perception or passion's perception around the world. It's about the purpose that they believe and we believe God has for every single one of you. That's why Louie and Shelly do passion every year. That's why I'm so excited that we're in this stadium, this stadium that was built for a game. But the best thing that happens in this stadium isn't a game, it's honoring a name, and that name is Jesus. And tonight, uh, I've titled this talk, Mission Possible, Go Create a Life That Counts for Jesus. You see, mission, a task or a job that someone is given to do. Impossible, meaning to be able. You see, every single one of us have been given a mission. By God, for God, and that mission is possible. You see, there's been some missions in my life uh, that didn't go too well. Like a few months ago when I signed with the Jaguars, that was Mission Impossible. That didn't go real well. Oh, really? That's funny? How about I laugh at your worst days? You see, on the macro, I believe every single one of us has the same mission. To love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Every single one of us, we have... That same mission. 
But you see, then I also believe that every single one of us, we have a micro mission, something that God has designed exactly for you. One of my favorite verses is Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand for us to walk in. Listen guys, I was homeschooled so I don't really understand the word workmanship, all right? But another way that it's translated from the Greek word poema, which is where we get, actually get the word poem, but another way it's translated is masterpiece. You see, that's something I, I understand a, a little bit better. I just have to look over and see my wife over there, and then I'm reminded of what a masterpiece looks like. For we are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand for us to walk in. You see, why I believe that we have a macro purpose and a macro mission to love God and love people, because that's what the Bible says, but why I also believe that we have a micro purpose, something designed exactly for you, that is only for you. It's because before you were ever born, the God of this universe wrote a poem that in Christ Jesus is a masterpiece for good things for you to do. And guess what? Your poem is just for you. It's only for you. There is something so unique and special that is just for you. In Christ Jesus, you're a masterpiece. And before you were ever born, God wrote a poem about your life for your good works. For your good works. You see, I, I, I joke about uh, the mission of playing for the Jaguars. Well, I guess it was a joke, but I, I really do believe God gives you missions in your life. And, and one of them that he gave me was when I was 15 years old and I was in the jungles of the Philippines and to make a long story short, I met a boy who was born with his feet on backwards and because he was born that way, his village looked at him as cursed, as insignificant, as a throwaway. And they even believed the more that you touched him, the greater chance of you being cursed. And God opened my eyes and touched my heart. And I believe on that day, God gave me a micro mission to fight for every single boy and girl around the world like him. To fight for every single person that the world has looked past. To fight for every single person that other people say they don't matter because to God, everyone matters. Whether that was special needs, orphans, those that are being trafficked, those that are being thrown away, that was what God put on my heart that day. You see, I loved sports at that time. I wanted to be the best athlete that I, that I could. But I knew the mission that just I was called to. And I believe God's gonna put something on your heart that you're gonna see it with your eyes that is the mission of exactly what you're supposed to do. And I even believe for some of you, it's gonna happen in the next two days. 
And I don't know, maybe others, this might happen in a year, two years, five years. But I want you to know that if you say yes when God opens your eyes and he pricks your heart, I believe that mission is possible. For you to have a life that counts for Jesus. For you to have impact for Jesus. For you to make impact in other people's lives. If you have your Bible, would you turn to Mark chapter 4, verses 35? There's some people pumped about Mark, I hear you. Seems like a great guy. Verse 35, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with him in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were filled with him. What do you mean, just as he was? Well, Jesus had been preaching all day, and so just as he was means he's probably really tired because it was evening, so he was exhausted. Verse 37, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. You see, something interesting here, guys, is on the Sea of Galilee, I've been fortunate enough to be on the Sea of Galilee, and there are a lot of storms on the Sea of Galilee still to this day. You see, it's 13 miles wide, 7 miles across, 150 feet deep, 700 feet below sea level, and on the northeast side is Mount Hermon, which is 92 feet high. So listen guys, I'm not a meteorologist, but apparently because the cold air off the top of Mount Hermon and the warm air from the Sea of Galilee, they mix and they create storms. But apparently on this day, it was a great storm. Verse 38, but he was in the stern, talking about Jesus, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You see, I'd read this a lot, but over the last couple of weeks when I was reading it, preparing for this, I was stunned because I was thinking, if I was in that position, what question would I have asked? I just didn't understand, do you not care that we are perishing? I, you would think that they would probably ask, Jesus, help! Hey, Jesus, can you get us out of this? Hey, Jesus, can you get us to the other side? Hey, Jesus, can you do something? But they said, do you not care that we are perishing? You see, sometimes, guys, I, I think in life when we're going through great storms, we don't always question the power of God. We question the love of God. Does he really love me enough to get me out of this storm? Most of us probably would say, yeah, he can get me out, but does he love me enough to get me out? You know, and then I was thinking, dang, a couple years from now, when the disciples are around the resurrected Jesus, when they, they see where the nails were and they, they see the scars, for the ones that said this, that memory probably popped in their head. Hey, remember, remember, when, I, remember when I said to him, do you, do you not care? You see, now they see how much Jesus cares about them. Because he demonstrated it on the cross. They see how much now, but in the moment, oh man, 
Do you not care? Hey, hey, we're parents. Do you not care? Not, hey, will you do something, but do you not care? Well, guess what, guys? We can look back and we can see how much Jesus cares for every single one of us. The disciples, a couple years from now, could look back and see how much Jesus cares. But they still ask the question, do you not care? Man, I hope I don't ever doubt how much Jesus cares. Verse 39, and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear. You see guys, up to this point, a lot of scholars believe that Jesus had already performed 11 major miracles. He had done some awesome miracles, water into wine, casting out demons, healing a man with leprosy, healing, healing a paralytic man. So many cool things. They had seen how powerful Jesus was. But they were questioning how much does he really love me. So there's a great storm then he calms it and there's a great calm. But even after the calm, there's a great fear. Which leads me to the great question. They said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is this? Who, who is this that the wind and the sea obey him? Who is it? You see, religions all over the world have answered that. Some say he's a respected rabbi and teacher, a revered prophet, one of many gods or a great example for mankind, a wise enlightened man, a mere mortal moral teacher, a dead man and remains dead. But you see, as Christians, we believe what John said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You see, he's, he's, he's not just a moral teacher. He's not just a prophet. He definitely ain't dead. You see, as believers, we believe he's our rescuer, he's our savior. He's our peace, he's our ransom, he's our mediator, he's our forerunner. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Who is this? Who is he to you? You see, I believe most of you have probably answered the great, great question, who is this? And like I just said, he's your savior, he's your redeemer, he's your rescuer, he's your forerunner, he's your mediator. He was your ransom, he was your propitiation. But I also, I also believe that there's some people here where you haven't answered the great question with savior. But maybe today, maybe tonight is that moment See, when I was a boy, we went to church all the time. My parents were missionaries, and 
we grew up going to, to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Definitely hit a couple Bible studies in between. And over and over again, my parents would say, when a pastor would give the invitation, hey, Timmy, do you want to say yes to Jesus? And over and over again, I would say, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Until one night I was laying in my bed and I knew I wasn't good. That I was a sinner and I needed a savior. Who was my savior? Jesus. I couldn't sleep so I woke up early the next morning and I ran to my mom and I said, mom, I gotta ask Jesus into my heart. And she said, okay, let me go get your dad. And I said, no, we don't have time. So my mom got on her knees right beside me on the west side of Jacksonville, Florida, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and he did. And at that moment, I went from darkness to light. I was adopted into the family of God. He rescued me, and I have a home in heaven where I will live forever one day. You see, church isn't a museum for good people, it's a hospital for the broken. And I was broken. And I needed a savior. I needed a healer. I needed a rescuer. And Jesus came through. So I believe most of you have probably answered that question, just like I did as a boy. But I also believe some of you have never answered that question. And I believe tonight or tomorrow will be when you answer the greatest question in saying yes to Jesus. But you see guys, when you answer the great question with rescuer, savior, redeemer, when you answer it, I believe that it inspires a great response. What does a great response look like? We'll go to Mark chapter 5, just the next chapter. And for the sake of time, we're going to jump through the first 14 verses. But what happens when Jesus gets to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, he meets a man who is demon-possessed. And the Bible says that he would be chained in his hands and his feet, and he would break the chains. He would cut himself and cry out night and day. And Jesus meets this man who was demon-possessed. And Jesus cast out the demons into a herd of pigs and they go running off the cliff and the first thing I can think is, like, dang, that's a lot of wasted bacon, but it's cool. Picking up in verse 15, and they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. You see, these people just saw Jesus' power. They just saw him cast out demons out of a man. But you know what, we, Jesus, 
whatever you have. We don't want it. Would you leave? Get away from here. That's not the great response. What is the great response? Verse 18. And he was getting into the boat talking about Jesus. The man who had been demon possessed, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might accompany him. You see, Jesus just cast out these demons, and this dude is like, oh my goodness, I want to be with you. Another translation says, I want to accompany you. He's begging, I want to be with you. That should be our response. And he, talking about Jesus, did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends. And tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. You see, this guy gets rescued and he says, I want to go with Jesus. But Jesus says, I got a different plan. A lot like us when we think, hey, we got a plan. I want to do this, this, and this. And Jesus is like, oh, I close that door. Listen, if God would have followed my plans, like I would have won a bunch of Super Bowls. That would have been awesome. But he was like, no, you're going to get cut, 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 traded, and cut again. Oh, you're laughing again? That's cool. But man, God's plan is so much better than our plan. It's so much better than our plan. Go home to tell your friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you. You see, I love that Jesus makes it personal because the gospel is personal how much he's done for you and how the Lord had mercy on you. Hey guys, have you ever told anyone what Jesus has done for you? Have you ever told anyone that, hey, I was lost and now I'm found. I was broken and now I'm healed. I was in bondage and now I'm in freedom. Have you ever told anybody? When I was in high school, I was in a, a prison in the Philippines. And, well, I wasn't actually in prison. I was visiting the prison, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you something. I got to confess. Me and my brother go to this prison and before we walk in the cell where all these guys are packed in this one concrete block, there's a, a chalkboard and it has why they're all in there. Murder, murder, rapist, drug dealer, murder, rapist. All for every single one of them. And You know what, sometimes I feel like I might be courageous, but on this day I, I really wasn't. I was so scared, I was like, oh crap, I gotta walk in with all these guys. And it's not like they're in cells, they're in one concrete, block. My brother walks in front of me and he walks all the way into the block and all the way to the back side. The security guards won't even walk in there. And I'm like, oh, he's never going to let me hear the end of this if I don't go in. So I walk in right behind him and I, I get to the other side and there's a little white bucket and I flip it over and I sit on it and he starts preaching to all these inmates. And he, he's sharing the gospel and he gets to the cross. And he looks at all of these murderers, rapists, drug dealers. And he says, hey, hey guys, hey guys. I just want you to know 
I nailed Jesus to the cross. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And he says it again, hey guys, I want you to know I nailed Jesus to the cross. And I look at him and I'm like, what are you talking about? No, you didn't. If anybody did, they did. And then I felt Jesus start to prick my heart and say, no, no, Timmy. You nailed me to the cross. I love you so much. You see, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Yes, he loves the world, and sometimes I thought the world was over there, and it was no, for God so loves you, Timmy. That he sent his only son. You see, guys, I nailed Jesus to the cross. I did that. But you see, when you understand the gravity of what you're saved from, you also understand the depth of the love of God for you. And when this man who had been possessed by demons was freed, he understood the gravity. And so in the next verse, and he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone was marveled. What did he do? He obeyed. Why? Because he knew what he was saved from, and he was told what he was saved for. He understood the gravity. Hey, listen, I want to go with you, but if you don't want me to go, whatever you tell me, I'll go do it. And because he did what Jesus asked, everyone was marveled. Everyone was amazed. Listen, when you go tell people about Jesus, I'm not saying everyone's going to be amazed. Actually, probably there's going to be some people that don't like you or despise you. That's not the point. The point is how will you respond? See, I believe you've answered the great question. But how great is your response? Are you willing to say, hey, listen, Jesus, this is my plan, but if you have a different plan, I'll do it. I'll do it because I, I know the love that you have for me. I know that you died for me. I know what you saved me from. And I do believe that you have good works in store for me. You have a mission for me. And that mission is possible. Guys, uh, where the word mission actually comes from, it's a 16th century Latin word that actually means to send. You see, I believe that God has sent you here for a mission. And it is possible because the blood of the cross. It is possible that your life can count for Jesus because of the good works that he has in store for you. And as long as you have breath, you have purpose. As long as you have breath, you have a mission. But how will you respond? Almost 10 years ago now, I got a call from my dad who was preaching in an underground pastor's conference in a remote country because faith isn't really allowed there. And 
He called me and said, hey, Timmy, I just bought four girls. Dad, what, what are you talking about? You just bought four girls. He said, well, where this underground pastor's conference was taking place, they were auctioning off four girls to get trafficked. And he, and he couldn't just sit there and do nothing. He had to respond, so he took out all the money in his wallet, $1,250, and he bought them. And also sitting at that table was a group of pastors. Not another one took out their wallet. Not another one raised their hand. And they had their reasons. Well, you're giving it to bad people. But to my dad, he said, you know what? Those are four image bearers. God loves them. I'm supposed to love them. I'll take them. You know, in that moment, he had a chance. And he responded. And that's why he's one of my biggest heroes, because he responded. In that moment, when you're there, how are you going to respond in your life? How are you going to respond? Listen, you might be in a great storm. You might be in a great calm in your life. You might have some great fears. But man, please answer the great question. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. No, behold the Lamb of God that took away my sin. And because I understand what I'm saved from, I understand what I'm saved for in the depth of God's love for me. And you know what? I'm going to respond. Even if it's not the plan that I want, the plan that he wants, I want to respond. And there's been so many times in my life, dang it, I've missed the mark. I haven't responded It's been about me. But for some reason, he's given me another chance and I don't want to miss it. And I believe that we all have the same macro purpose and mission. Love God and love people, but I believe he's got a special mission in store for you. How will you respond when he opens your eyes? John 13, 1, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. You see, Jesus had a mission, and he finished it. To the end is the Greek word telos, which could mean to the end, or completion, or mission accomplished. Guys, God has given us a mission. Would you be willing to stay in the fight, to respond to what he's asked you to do, even if you messed up like me over and over again? Would you say yes to the purpose, to the calling, to the mission? Would you respond wherever he wants you to go? Would you go? Whatever he asks you to do, would you do? Would you respond? And would you stay in the fight till the end, till mission accomplished, till God calls us home? Passion 2022, you are going to change the world because of how you respond. We love you and God bless you guys.